from Toronto, Canada. This is the Rockstar Radio Show. Louder than the DJ. I said louder. Louder than the DJ. Only on Rock Antenna. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Welcome to Louder Than The DJ. I'm your host, Ben Kowalowicz. How are you? Well, New Year, same old shit, huh? <laughs> what a crazy time, but I hope you're all keeping safe and doing well, all things considered. I am stoked for today's show. I have none other than the legendary Vom from De Totenhosen as my guest. Yep. He's such a great dude, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. I'm going to be playing some new music from bands like Hot Water Music and taking a time machine back to 1992, which was 30 years ago. I'm going to be talking about some bands that we toured with that helped us out in those early days and playing some cool Canadian bands that I think you should know about. But first, let's just get right into it. Less talk, more rock, and by rock, I mean punk rock. Here's one of the best bands to come out of Australia and the perfect song to kick off January 2022. Here's The Living End with Roll On. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Welcome back. I'm Ben. This is Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. That was no effects with bottles to the ground. You know, it's funny. I miss no effects. <laughs> I mean, I miss a lot of things, but when you've been touring as long as we have, and especially in Europe during festival season, there's always some bands that your schedule just aligns with, you know, just with like routing and logistics. And one of those bands for us is no effects. We always seem to be on the same day as on festivals or sometimes even have days off in the same cities. You know, I miss my random fat mic encounters. (laughs) Anyway, hopefully our paths will cross this summer. Now, I'm going to talk about some bands that we toured with over the years that have left a lasting impression on us. Our very first tour of America was in 2003. We were opening for the legendary British punks, the Buzzcocks. We were beyond stoked to have the opportunity to be main support for them. But the reality of it, and the idea of it were much different. The shows were mostly consisted of over 40-year-old dudes coming out of punk rock retirement to go get drunk with their buddies and blow off some steam. Listen, I get it. Believe me. But man, did we play in front of some mean crowds. I remember just being spit on and having shit thrown at us, people screaming at us with their middle fingers an inch from our face for 40 minutes a night. Now, don't get me wrong. The guys in the band were absolute gentlemen, but their crowds were tough. We started that tour as one band and ended very, very differently. By the end of that tour, we didn't give a fuck who was there or what was happening. We were going to come out guns blazing. I became more like a flamethrower than a singer. And to us, that became our stage. And if you liked it, great. And if you didn't, piss off. But we were done taking shit from anyone. That tour definitely helped shape us into the band that we are today, and I'm forever grateful to them for taking us out. When singer and main songwriter Pete Shelley passed away a few years ago, it really hit home for us, and I wish we had the chance to say thank you to them one more time. Pete was quite a character, and I had some memorable nights with him. One where he handcuffed me to him in a bar in Minneapolis and made me follow him around all night while I threw up from drinking too many Jagger shots. But I'll save that story for another time. Anyway, here's the mighty Buzzcocks with their song Ever Fallen in Love on Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder Than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Welcome back to Louder Than the DJ. Okay, that was My Chemical Romance with Helena. 
Now, they are another band that we toured with in the early days that were just amazing people. I think our first show that we played with them was in Helsinki, Finland. We had a day off, and they were playing that night in Helsinki, and they asked us if we wanted to come and open for them. Much to the disdain of our crew, we said, absolutely. I remember being blown away by the crowd. They knew every word of every song, and it was more like witnessing like a rally or a sermon than a rock show. The dedication from their fans was something on a completely other level than I've ever seen. I was also captivated with Gerard. He was this transcendent creature that had this beautiful voice and stage presence. He was the first like true rock star that I saw. I know the band has taken a lot of slack over the years, and especially back then for being emo or whatever, but I think they're one of the most important bands of the 2000s, and their legacy will live on, and I'm happy to see that they'll be back together this summer and playing shows. Anyway, we ended up getting along famously with them, and they ended up taking us out on tour across the States, which was a huge deal for us, and they treated us with nothing but the utmost respect, and were always there to help spread the word about our band, so I'm forever grateful to them as well, and hopefully we can see each other this summer. Anyway, stick around. There's plenty more to come on Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder Than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Welcome back to Louder Than the DJ. It's Ben. Okay, so I'm just going to put this out there. Canada has the best music scene in the entire world. There, I said it. (laughs) And it's true. I mean, you can pick any genre and the top bands in the world and artists are from Canada. You got Drake, Bieber, The Weeknd, Jesse Reyes, Celine Dion, Avril Lavigne, Arcade Fire, Sum 41, Brian Adams, Michael Bublé, Feist, Shawn Mendes, Broken Social Scene. I mean, the list goes on and on. But I'm going to talk about some bands that you should know about. There are literally too many to choose from. And I've played music from bands like No Bro and The Beaches on previous episodes, but today I'm going to play a couple more. Here's one of my favorite Canadian bands. They're called The Dirty Nil. I love this band, and I love the dudes in the band. Luke the singer, or as I like to call him, Handsome Luke, because he's a very handsome little devil, is not only an incredible guitar player, but an amazing songwriter. And with one of the strongest rock voices out there, I can't speak highly enough about them. And, well, funny story. When Ross, their bass player, broke his hand and was unable to play, they got Johnny G from Billy Talent to fill in on bass for them on their German tour. (laughs) This is the Dirty Nil, with the first song that I ever heard from them. It's called Fuckin' Up Young on Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Welcome back to Louder Than the DJ. That was Pup, a local Toronto band who are keeping the local Toronto punk rock scene alive and well. The great dudes in a great band, and I wish them all the success in the world. And before that was one of the coolest bands in Canada right now called the OBGMs with their song called Cash. Keep your ears open for them as I predict good things are happening for them. And before that was Alexis on Fire with their song This Could Be Anywhere in the World. Love those dudes as well. And Jordan from the band played drums on the last two Billy Talent records. They've gotten back together after a long hiatus and I can't wait to see what they do next. Perhaps new music? We shall see. Anyway, that's a bit of a snapshot into some cool bands in Canada who are doing great things, and I'm happy to support them whatever way I can. Stick around. There's lots more to come on Louder Than The DJ. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder, 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 DJ. 
louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Yo, welcome back to Louder Than The DJ. I'm Ben. Okay, so by now, you know my love for Eddie Better. <laughs> and I would be remiss not to talk about his new solo record that's coming out called Earthling. It comes out on February 11th. And it's been revealed that he's enlisted some next level guests to be on this record. I mean, he has Sir Elton John, Stevie Wonder, and Ringo Starr, to name a few. I mean, come on. Also, he enlisted a pretty kick-ass band to join him along the way. It's featuring Josh Klinghoffer, who played with the Chili Peppers, Chad Smith, who's in the Chili Peppers, Glenn Hazard, and Chris Cheney on bass from none other than Jane's Addiction. Not too shabby, huh? He just released a new single last week called Brother the Cloud, and I thought I'd play it. As many people know, he and the late great Chris Cornell from Soundgarden were very close friends. And there is chatter that this song is written about him grieving the loss of his dear pal. Have a listen and tell me what you think. Here's Eddie Vedder with his song, Brother the Cloud, off his new record, Earthling, that comes out February 11th on Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. That was Burning in My Hand by the late, great Chris Cornell in Soundgarden. And before that was a song called Brother the Cloud by Eddie Vedder, who that song was supposedly written for Chris. Anyway, stick around. There's a lot more to come on Louder than the DJ, including a time travel to 1992. From Toronto, Canada. This is the Rockstar Radio Show. Louder than the DJ. I said louder. Louder than the DJ. Only on Rock Antenna. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. First of all, thank you for taking the time because there's been a lot of ups and downs Pleasure. and back and forth trying to get this uh, trying to get this uh, done. So I appreciate it. No problem. Um, so crazy story. Yeah. So one of the last shows that we played was opening up for you guys in your home, well, the band's hometown of Dusseldorf. Right. And we flew in from Toronto for these two, like, insane shows yeah. with no idea what was around the corner or what was looming in the distance. Um, so I've been asking all my guests this question, but what has the COVID pause given you? Like, what perspectives has it given you? Like, when you were standing on the edge of the abyss, what did you see? Did it give you a chance to reflect? Did it give you a chance to stop and just be present? Well, me, you know, I was up and down. You know, I had, I had moments where I'd read a lot and, you know, kind of self-educate, you know, mm. read up about a lot of stuff and uh, do stuff that I normally haven't got time for. But on the other side, I, you know, I, I was really like, had some really low points as well because, you know, I'm a drummer. I can't just like, set this drum kit up in this, in this flat and start playing because the neighbours would go insane, you know, and uh, I just, that, that side of me really suffered being, not being able to play. I can't, I can't play guitar, so I couldn't, well, I can write songs, I can get melodies in my head and sing them into, you know, into, the, into a mic or something. But um, yeah, I, I was really, really up and down. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't that cut and dry, you know. I was all yeah. over the place. Basically, I'm a very spontaneous person. I'd, I'd get up and go right. I'm going here today, and then I'd be like, I can't do that anymore. I'm, I'm locked in here on my own, you know. And so I did. I did nearly a year on my own, which was really tough. Sure. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, you know. And it's also 
the more I've been thinking about it, it's almost like we had to break up with ourselves in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like this mm. this mechanism, this this thing that we rely on was gone. Yeah. You know, and so then you kind of you're left to your own devices. I became a new father about six months into her being on Earth. This is when it struck. Right. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, that's been the only silver lining of this uh, this thing for me. But, you know, it, it, it gave me this chance to go like, OK, well, I guess I can't do that anymore. So I traded in my microphone for a stroller. You know what I mean? So it's like right. you're trying to figure out who you are in without that thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, rock and roll helps me to escape from myself. And unfortunately, I had too much time on my own. <laughs> I nearly lost the plot at one time, but uh, back, back grounded again. But it, it was really, really, really tough for me. And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got so much internal tension and, and energy that uh, not being able to release that became at times really destructive for me, you know, so... yeah. You know, I definitely drunk much more than I should have done, but uh, then there'd be other times where I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go near anything for for a long time and then just read and try to go this other way. But then, then this, oh, this like, I've got to get out of here. I've got to, you know, uh, you know, because I did suffer from that as a kid. You know, I'm sure mm. these, in this day and age, they'd have put me on some sort of medication, but we didn't have that back in the 70s. Yeah. So um, I got a drum kit, you know, uh, you know, I had all these nervous tics and the doctor just sort of said, or the psychiatrist said, uh, it's inattention, he's suffering for it, he's got to get it out, you know, and as soon as I got the kit, it was like, yeah. Yeah. And um, so my mum was relieved on one side, but then that opened a, <laughs> or another can of worms. Pandora's box. <laughs> Well, you know what? Let's talk about that because um, how, I, I mean, I find the story um, interesting, but for those that don't know, like how did you actually become the drummer in De Totenhosen? Well, I mean, I was, um, I mean, yeah, it's funny uh, because back in the eighties, I was in a band uh, called Doctor and the Medics who actually yeah. uh, had a platinum record in Canada. as the hey. first platinum disc I ever got was in Canada. Well, there you're welcome. <laughs> we hit the number one spot. There you go. That was it. It's like, yeah, we've made it now. We've got a platinum disc in Canada. You know. <laughs> so, um, and then the the agency didn't didn't handle it very well and did over twenty one shows. So of course, no one was at the shows, even though we had a number one single in the chart. Because it was all these kids that loved it, you know, and they couldn't get into the shows, which is crazy. But. Um, yeah, we was we was on a, a a really famous rock show called the Old Grey Whistle Test. Yeah, uh, in England, and uh, this was like a lot of you know everyone was on that show, and uh, there was a feature about flared trousers, <laughs> and Doctor and the Medics had never been on TV before, and I found out later that De Totenhosen uh, had never been on British television before, and they had a clip from both bands, just two bands, and it happened to be Doctor and the Medics, and then. My later band, Detonos, uh, which is so weird when you think about it. Yeah. About flared trousers. <laughs> and years later, when I joined the band, I told him about it. I said, we'd never seen that clip. You know, this is crazy. So um, that's where I first heard of them. Mm. And then um, basically I, I came over and I was working. I was doing labouring work, anything to get money. And I worked in, on a cinema uh, overnight in Cologne. And... When I came back, my girlfriend had sung on two Totenhosen records. Yeah. She sung on the Rotten Rosen record and the Kreutzung uh, album, which was a double one. Yeah. 
and she'd sung on two of those. And so I, I pulled up with no sleep. I'd work from nine o'clock in the evening till <laughs> I think it was two o'clock in the afternoon, no sleep. And she's standing on the doorstep saying, Vom, you've got to, you've got to get in a taxi and drive to the Phillips Hall. now the drummer from the Yobs, which was, you know, the boys, but when they did their Christmas songs, they called themselves the Yobs. They were supporting the hose and, and the drummer fell off the, <laughs> fell off the off the stage the first night and broke his arm. Oh no! So they said, you know, you've got to go. You've got to go to the sound check. So I was like, are you, are you kidding me? You know, it was, <laughs> it was the Mitsubishi Electric Hall. It's like twelve and a half thousand people. And I'm like, I don't know any of the songs. You know, it doesn't matter. So I went there, and as I was doing the sound check, thinking, you know, I was waiting for the like trick, you know, the the secret cameras to come up and go, ah, you feeling, you know, you're on candid camera, and. Uh, this guy came running up from the back of the hall and he went, I really love what you're doing. It's amazing what you're doing. Who are you? You know, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Vom. And I found out that, that he was Campino. Ah. So basically there, there was this contact. Then I, I played that show and, you know, just winged it all the way. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But, <laughs> um, got through the show and then he stayed in contact. And then I started kind of coming up with drum arrangements for, the drum parts on, with with Vully together or, or on on every album since then, um, which was just before Kalfmish. So I've been working with these guys for a, a long time, and um, and then Vully, you know, he started having problems with his back, uh, and then he then he had the accident, and it was just like, all right, Vom, you know, if you want to if you want to come in, you you got the job, and I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. You know? Wow. So it kept, kind of I slipped into this job. You know, it was really. Um, not a painful process. Uh, everybody kind of thought, ah, oh, this is like, Vom's here, he knows the stuff. You know, it just seems, yeah, you know, easy for him to just slot right in there. And that's what happened. And, and Vully was very happy for me to take over because we was like good friends. And he used to say when we'd go out drinking, he'd go, you're the next drummer from the Tote Nose. And I'd go, ah, you know, pull the other one. You know, I, I didn't believe him. Uh, but he, he knew way before me, obviously. <laughs> but um, And when they asked me, it was like, wow, yeah. What an amazing story. <laughs> Honestly, that's so cool. Just like right time, right place. And just, you know, I was doing, a drum, you know, I was doing drum teching because he, he had like this problem with his arm one time and they were so, and him was so terrified that this might happen in the middle of a tour or a show that I, they said, well, you know what, if you're on standby, you have to be the drum tech now. And I was like, okay, I'll give that a go as well. <laughs> so I was right there ready to, to jump in, you know, and not a lot of people know that. Luckily, I didn't, but I, I was there in the wings, you know, well, next to him, actually. Uh, it was kind of a bit of a fairy tale for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that uh, must have been really cool to be able to sit beside him because then you could actually see what he's doing, the parts, the songs, the, yeah. you know, the changes, the, you know, so you got to witness it firsthand, right? And some of them I had actually written. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This leads me to another question because... I watched uh, the movie You Only Live Once that just came out or came out a while ago. Man, I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was really, really cool. Oh, thanks. Uh, but there was something interesting uh, that you said in the movie that I, <laughs> that, uh, that I laughed at because you said, you've been in the band for 20 years, but you still feel like the new guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm still the wrong word. I'm wrong word. Yeah. How, is that by just design or are you just kind of taking the piss or like, you know, because that must be strange to feel that way this many years, decades into it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be 22 years this September. Crazy, wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, they know each other, they grew up together, you know, so 
I still I still feel like the odd one out, you know. Uh, but it's good, you know. I, I think the older we get, the more friend friendly it all gets. <laughs> you know? So in the beginning, though, I think I was a bit worried that I was gonna. You know, I wasn't taking it serious enough or something, but I never take anything serious. So <laughs> I, think once they, I think once they realised that, then it became a lot easier and they realised, like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not out there to, to fuck up sometimes. I'm, I'm always there. And, you know, I've been reliable for 22 years. So they've gone, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's all right, this one. <laughs> <laughs> now, it must have been a trip, too, because, like, where was the band's success level when you first joined? Because, I mean, now, like, the venues you guys play are fucking the biggest you could play. It was it was big. You know, I mean, that, that uh, the live album, they, they had a double live album, which was the, the biggest selling double live album in German history kind of thing. And then, wow, you know, so they, they you know, it was... Was, it was getting bigger and bigger, and it kind of was a bit of a, you know, the first album I, I played on, I didn't play on all the tracks, well, he still played on a few tracks, so it was still this kind of, I don't know, that, that album is probably, uh, it didn't do as well as everyone expected, and it was a kind of, you know, a real change uh, over point, you know, it was a, a real difficult, it was, a, it was easy for me to change over but on the other side it was kind of strange you know and uh, mm-hmm. you know um, I don't think they knew really where they was going and stuff but the, the album after that did, did really really well and then it just went just went mad after that so but you know they've, they've, they've been sort of going from strength to strength every year really I don't think there's been a real dip I mean all even on, on that album I think the, the, you know all the live shows were still selling out and then it just it's crazy, you know, when you're playing Leipzig to like 75,000 people, it's just wow. like, what's going on here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and also the one thing that really stood out for me uh, watching the movie was like just how connected everybody in the band was and it seems like there's this nice cohesion and that there's like this understanding for the greater good, which I think a band that's been doing it like we're going on our 30th year coming up soon together you know so like mm. there's something about that longevity that it almost and I think you're right as 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 it does progress further and as we do get a little bit older you tend to just all of the other things that you used to focus on yeah, it doesn't just matter. don't mean anything yeah it just doesn't matter and like yeah. kindness and understanding and talking and just being like you know adults yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's really important I'm still working on that one but <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that really rang through uh, in in the film is like just how politically and socially aware the band is. Uh, that really rang uh, rang true to to me. Um, and is that something that comes like naturally to to the band? Is that just like a reflection of the people in the band? Yeah, I mean that's all part and parcel of it. You know, they've always been politically active. And, uh, you know, I really respect them for that. And, you know, I'm, I'm right up there with them. Um, we, we all think uh, the same along those lines. So that's good. That works. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's important. You know, we've got a platform and um, gonna, we've got to use that, you know, I think, for the greater good. <laughs> well, yeah. You th- well, some bands do and some bands don't. But some, for some bands, it seems forced. And for other bands, it seems natural. And for you guys, it seems really natural, you know. Yeah. And, and I'll even say this about yourself 
I don't know if you'll remember this, but we ended up playing a show. So Aaron, our drummer, uh, original drummer, um, I know, yeah, has yeah. MS, and he's yeah. unfortunately had to take a yeah he had to take a leave from the band. Uh, but he started raising money. We started doing shows called the FUMS uh, Charity, and we would just you know we have we play shows for people that don't know. We we do these charity shows, and all the money goes to Aaron's foundation, and it's just great. And I remember, yeah. You came out one year and you came up and you played a Clash song with us. And it was just so cool to see just this help. And it was like it was a no brainer for you. And you showed up. You didn't really know anybody in the band and you got along with everybody so well. And I just remember like we're very loyal people. So when things like that happen, we remember that and it goes a long way to us. So. I guess, you know, that's the same thing that you're talking about. But is that something like that, that, that idea of help and community, is that something that comes natural to you? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's good to feel like you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, you know, n- not just for publicity's sake, you know. Yeah. I mean, going back to that, I mean, that's a, that's a, a, a you know, a, a char- charity that he was doing very, very close to my heart as well, because my granddad died of MS. Oh, so, I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... Uh, I was, as soon as I heard, you know, I think it was Orla. Yeah, probably. He <laughs> was like, hey, you want to do, I think he, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think he put us in contact. That was just that, that wine and a little bit too much gas. And that. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no he, he, you know, he called me up. He said, are you free? And I was like, yeah, it was in the cantina in Cologne, wasn't it? With Bern from um, That's right, from, from B6. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was over there. Got, you know, and um, you know, I'm, I'm all for su- supporting good causes, you know, it's, that's it, you know. So, I mean, we're not really, I wouldn't call us a political band either, you know, it's it's not all about politics, it's there's everything in there, you know, it's a, it's a big, big old package there, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, and, and I think our band can relate to that because when we see things or we feel things that you know we don't think are just. You know, we, we, we've never had a problem shying away and talking about issues that maybe are a little bit taboo for people. But if, if, if it feels right and it's inside you, you just, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta follow it, you know? Yeah. So, and and, an interesting parallel that another parallel between, um, the band is, and I found this really interesting is, you know, Die Totenhosen being a German speaking band from Germany having tremendous success in a place like Argentina. Yeah. Like that is like, I, we relate to that on so many levels because we're an English speaking band from Canada and our, you know, the, the place where we have our, the most success is Germany. Yeah. So the parallel there, like, you know, so how, how did that all come to be? Is that just something that like, just the old fashioned way of touring? I think it was the Ramones support, which it was, was before my time in the band, but they did this big uh, Ramon show, and but I think that that was good. That got a lot of people, a lot of Argentinians. Oh wow, this is this is cool. We like this band, you know. And then there was one year where the peso crashed and crashed, and no Western bands would go near Argentina. But we did it. Uh, we went there and we played for them, and of course we lost money. But we just felt so bad that no one was going there because they had no money. And after that, then they became really passionate about the band and they've never forgot it and they've, they loved us for it. So, I mean, every time we go back, it gets, it gets bigger and bigger over there. And it, it's really funny on reflection. It, it, it's like me, I, I'm most successful 
in countries that the country I was born have gone to war with. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big in Germany and Argentina, and I'm like, fuck's sake. But then again, who haven't England gone to war with? So, but, I mean, <laughs> in, 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 in recent history, you know, that's all a bit weird. Yeah, big, I'm, yeah, mum, you know, I'm big in Argentina and big in Germany. Did, did we have wars with these two countries? <laughs> but, you know, hey, mum, that's, that's, you know, it's gone. That's gone, that's in the past. But no, um, just, uh, just strange when you think about it sometimes. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Germany's just got such a great uh, touring circuit. It's like... It's the best. I know a lot of bands from England who are bigger in Germany than they are in England. Wow. You know, for example, Crisis. <laughs> well, that's funny. So let's talk about that. So uh, you sent me a song, which we're going to play uh, on the show. Oh, great. Uh, but tell me about that band, because you said the one thing that I found funny in your email is like the, it's your first single in 20 years or something. <laughs> like you haven't played with it? Like, w- w- tell me about the band. No, no, no. We, we, did have, we did have a single a little while ago, but what, what happened, we, me and Dick met up in 1981 and we, um, and then we got this band together. It's still the same band, but it had a different name back then and, and no one knew us. And we, we did a demo uh, which, and then we didn't release anything. And then we split up after two and a half years, but I couldn't get the songs out of my head. And then hmm. all these years later, I think it's 24 years later or something, <laughs> I phoned him up. I was like, Dick, about those songs, where are you going to this? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll be over next week. I'll, I'll put a show in as well. Yeah, we did the show, sold out. Amazing. We, we sort of, you know, we've done three albums now, working on our fourth album. And, uh, but we had a big, big gap in between. So, uh, hmm. And we're, we're playing lot, lots of shows over here when we can, you know, obviously, you know, it's been a bit affected now by the COVID stuff, but uh, um, yeah, it's incredible that we're still working together, still writing songs together. And uh, after, since 1981, you know, it's like 40 odd years. <laughs> it's crazy. It's amazing. Oh, by the way, it's the Hosen's 40th anniversary this year. Well, that was going to lead me to my next question because you were saying earlier that it's, you, you had an anniversary in the works and it's your 40, it's the 40th anniversary. Wow. 40th anniversary, yeah. Amazing. So, I mean, I know. obviously within the, the, the new reality that we're into, but do you have any uh, anything planned for it to celebrate? Well, there's going to be a new release, but I, I as I said, I can't say too much about it. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. probably going to be a single. There's, there's going to be a release this year. And, um, you know, the, we're, we're going to get back on it again with... You know, I'm sure there's going to be a video on that. It's amazing. I, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. No one really knows. But we've been in the studio. That went really well. So uh, then we've got these dates coming up, which haven't been cancelled yet. <laughs> so um, that's good. The tour's doing really well. So there's been quite a few shows sold, uh, sold out now. Dusseldorf, both shows. You know, hometown, Cologne. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's going really well, but people are still, I'm sure when we get back to some sort of normality that the whole, you know, it will even pick up even more because at the moment people are just nervous about buying tickets to shows that are going to be cancelled. But I don't think, I think this looks at the moment, touch wood, that um, this is all going ahead. So this is good. Well, that's wonderful news. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't, I can't wait to get back out there. Oh, tell okay. me about Listen. it. I hear you. <laughs> Great. Well, please wish uh, my guys uh, from from our guys to your guys congratulations because what an amazing accomplishment and feat, you know, like forty fucking yeah. years. Wow, that's just yeah, that's yeah. very impressive. I think the only reason why me and the singer uh, Dick from Crisis lasted forty one years is that we didn't see each other for twenty four years. <laughs> 
Oh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we've come back with vengeance. <laughs> well, listen, Mom, I'm not going to take any more of your time. That was great. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. And I know... Uh, wow, is that it? That's just flown by. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want... That's half an hour. I don't want to take too much of your time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got all evening, mate. I'm so fucking bored here. <laughs> no, but, you know, and honestly, thanks for your patience with the back and forth because I know that was a bit annoying and I felt... Um, yeah, no, no, it's, it's an honour to be on. I'm, 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 I'm really happy that you, you asked me, so uh, brilliant. Well, it's been great to see you again. Do you, do you remember the movie Swingers? Do you ever watch that movie Swingers? Back in the day. No. Oh no. Okay, never mind. There was a scene in the movie that I kind of felt like there's a scene where the guy's calling this girl that he met, and he's trying to leave this like heartfelt message, but the answering machine keeps going beep, <laughs> and so he keeps calling back and calling back and calling back, and he just keeps getting weirder and weirder. That's how I felt with like my emails going back and forth with you. He's gonna think, <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna think I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna watch that later. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks for your patience and thank you for everything. And honestly, <clears throat> welcome on, on behalf of the band. Like, welcome. You guys have always been such gentlemen to us and it goes a long way and uh, just want to say thanks for always being cool yeah. and supportive and we appreciate it you know it, it, it goes both ways we've we've you know we've had you on uh, tour with us and playing with us and that you know it's always a blast it is always a blast there's, there's never a dull moment you know i've never <laughs> seen I, I, I've, I've never seen that point of all this you know power control on shows and that you know oh, you can't use this you can't do that you can't go there you can't you know oh, we the hose and i can you know, quite stand up and say that it's it's never been like that. Everybody's shown the utmost respect. And I'm like, fucking hell, guys, this is brilliant. Well done. I, I actually starting to like you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, after, after 20 years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they are, they are there. And, and every every band says it and, it, and it means a lot, and they don't forget it. Well, it's, you know what, it, it's, it's leading by example. Yeah. And I think that uh, it's easy in this world to kind of be, you know, to to sit in your corner and just, you know, let everything kind of happen and you just come out and do it. But when you humanize it, yeah. you know, with your crew and with your, your you know, your, the, 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 the opening bands, like it, it makes it feel special and it makes you feel wanted. Yeah. And that's all we ever, any of us want on this planet is to feel, you know, that you're wanted and that you're, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes a long way. And we've talked about it a lot about how, uh, you know, we learned, I mean, we've always like, we're not complete assholes. We're very nice to people, <laughs> but we also like, you learn from that. And it's like, we make our, we, we do our best with opening acts and things like that to do the same thing. Go and say hi, have drinks afterwards and just kind of make it feel yeah. like home, you know? Yeah. And also like, um, you know, how insecure must you be to, to try to make, to sabotage the band that's opening for you on a show by only letting them use this percent of the board and this percent of the lights? You know, it's all, it's all bullshit. You know, it's, it's like, let's have a great evening and everybody sound great. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it seems so simple. Let's give the, let's give the audience their money's worth. You know, <laughs> exactly. Whatever happened to that? Yeah, well, it's, it's not lost on us. So thank you very, very much for always being so cool to us. Ooh. Welcome. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. People have been asking me a lot lately about music that we were listening to back when we first started, which got me thinking. 30 years ago was 1992. <laughs> Our band got together in 1993 in the midst of arguably the greatest and most important music eras ever. In 91, we saw the debut from bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden. But in 92, we saw the debut albums from bands like Tool 
and Alice in Chains, and arguably one of the most important bands to come out then, and maybe ever, Rage Against the Machine. Let me put it to you this way. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. They were a massive influence on us in countless ways. And I find it hard to wrap my head around the fact that this record came out 30 years ago. It just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, their music and influence on the world and modern music is still being felt to this day. And what they talked about is just as relevant, if not more so now than ever. I can't speak highly enough about them. So to commemorate their brilliant debut record. Let's play some now. Turn it up full blast and try to understand that this is 30 years old. Side note, we used to cover this song. <laughs> this is Rage Against the Machine with Bullet in the Head on Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Another brilliant record that came out in 1992 was Check Your Head from the Beastie Boys. I can't begin to tell you how much of an impact this record had on me. I literally bought the tape and listened to it probably, I don't know, one million times. <laughs> I knew every word and would sit in my bedroom and rap into the mirror. <laughs> I don't think people realize how crazy it was for them to release such a bold record. They were known as this party band when they first came out with songs like Fight for Your Right off their debut record License to Ill in 86, and then took a huge step forward with their now-respected Paul's Boutique, but when it came out, it was a flop. So then a couple years later, for them to come out with this underground, almost art record that had elements of punk rock, hip-hop, and weird instrumental jams, and jazz, and funk, and for them to be playing all their own instruments could have been career suicide, but in hindsight, it was so fucking brave and bold for them to release it, and it changed changed their lives and millions of other people's lives forever. It opened so many doors and commanded respect, which they got from not only the hip-hop community, but they were also accepted into the alternative rock and the punk rock scene, and literally by everyone. Everyone I knew had this record. So, cue to us playing in New York City a few years ago, and our guitar tech at the time was this legend named Timmy Chunks. Timmy Chunks was a singer in this old New York hardcore band called Token Entry, and then he became a tech. He was Green Day's dude for uh, for decades, as well as the Beastie Boys. So the morning of the show in New York, we wake up on the bus and he goes, Hey, do any of you want to go have breakfast with my friend Adam? And Aaron, Johnny, and I from the band were like, sure. So we walked a couple blocks from the gig only to meet his friend Adam, a.k.a. Ad-Rock. I couldn't fucking believe it. So here we are, sitting around this tiny little table in Manhattan at this neighborhood breakfast joint having eggs and coffee with Ad-Rock. It was one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me on the road. He was nothing but a gentleman and funny as hell, and I loved it because I got to talk New York hip-hop with him, which was insane. Anyway, I love them. I love that record. So stick around. We have lots more to come on Louder Than the DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Welcome back to Louder Than the DJ. I'm your host, Ben Kowalowicz. How are you? Okay, so last Friday was a very special day for me and the band. Our brand new record, Crisis of Faith, came out. And I am so proud of this record. It was written and recorded at arguably the toughest time the world has ever had to endure. 
We welcomed new life into our camp and lost loved ones who were closest to us. We navigated our way through the pandemic and are still continuing to do so. And we saw the rise of divisiveness that was spreading around the world like a cancer and a climate crisis that has hit new unprecedented heights. And just navigating our own personal struggles throughout. But this record is about hope. And it was written with love, and we are beyond stoked to be able to share it with you. Now, I normally don't like to play BT songs on the show because I think that's just kind of weird and lame. But I figured since it just came out, I would play a couple. So here's a song called Hanging Out With All The Wrong People. It's a tongue-in-cheek song about, you know, making the best life choices you can and realizing that not everyone in your life has the best intentions. Here's Hanging Out With All The Wrong People on Louder Than The DJ on Rock Antenna. Rock Antenna, the rock star radio show. Louder than the DJ. Here's your host, Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. That was Billy Talent with our song called Reactor. Now, I'd be remiss not to take a second here to mention the dedication of the songwriting, the guitar playing, and the production on this record by none other than Ian DeSaw. He truly blows my mind and goes above and beyond the call of duty every single time. And on this record, he actually lost his mom. So he was grieving and mourning throughout the recording and writing process. So I just want to make sure that I give him a big shout out because he deserves it. Anyway, this record is out. We're so proud of it. Thanks for listening. And fingers crossed we can all see each other soon. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed the show. A special thanks to Vaughn from the Mighty Detotenhosen for being my guest. I love that dude. And also a special shout out to Ian DeSaw from Billy Talent for producing today's show as Kenny, the usual producer, couldn't make it. So thanks, Ian. See you next month. Take care out there. Technical production by Ian DeSaw. Louder Than the DJ with Ben Kowalowicz from Billy Talent. Tune in every fourth Friday of the month. On air, online, on fire. Only on Rock Antenna.